This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. there you go there's the spaces the uh the dog stepped into the lion's den and uh the simple fact is that they couldn't address the science they had to keep uh trying to (laughs) dismiss oh that can't be true (laughs) that can't be true uh so uh i thought what might be fun is i'm gonna bring doc keck on and we'll do a sort of post uh post uh space breakdown and i don't know if anyone else wants to jump in maybe uh uh nick is about i don't know if he listened but um i've got him damn nazi <laughs> look um 
you know, there's there's time and place for ranting at a camera, but there's also time and a place where you know the those little wokelings want to try to play by the they're programmed into that academic uh, mindset. Except the one Spurg, um, I don't know what his name was, Shark or something had a shark in his logo. Um, but let me hang on. I went to uh, ring Doc Keck, but uh, I'll bring him on. Um, yeah. Yeah, decompression time, because, you know, that that went on and, you know, it was a case of laying down the data and um, making sure that the point got across, because if you, I say, who gives, who gives, oh, yeah, 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 dude, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'll ask you, I mean, as an outside observer, what did you think? I I recalled uh, that psychological experiment where, you know, they had that one sane person in the room and he said line two is the longest and everybody else in the room says, no, line three, laugh track, deflection, and then they just wait for you to agree with them. Mm -mm. Like, it, it was five eyes, CIA, psychological operation level type of um, psycho-spiritual attack. I'll say not only on you, but also, I'll also say uh, the bunker as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And... But we're at war with these people, bro. There's no oh, two yeah. ways about it. So who gives a fuck? Let's go in there and uh, fuck their shit up, right? Yeah, for real, bro. And, and, and it, you already had my respect. But after that, man, like 10 times, man, like kudos, like seriously, take a bow because you deserve every okay. minute, <laughs> every bit of uh of that and you really uh demonstrated to us um how to deal with these cats you know like and i also remember uh dietrich bonhoeffer you know like arguing with stupid people you know like <laughs> really what it was bro yeah and look my my goal was to get into them this idea of um amyloidogenic sequences and prion cascades and the simple fact <laughs> is that they were conceding that at the end Right. They were they were disbelieving it. I think like the standout moment for me was the uh, the nigger bro calling in from uh, yee, it don't go nowhere. I'm on I'm on the uh, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> yee, dog. <laughs> oh, man. He was he was wrong. Yeah, he was wrong. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. You know, like uh, what they were making. Like the argument they were making about the conformational changes to the spike protein, like two insertions is true, but that's only onto the S2 subunit. Mm. Like the S1 subunit is the therapeutic vector. And what he says is TMPRS says two doesn't make. That's what, it's, that's what the vaccine's designed to do. It's designed to express spike on the, on the, on the surface, right? S2 yep. stays closed, but S1 gets cleaved. Mm. That's what that nature paper says. Yeah. Yeah, and they were just, uh, well, the paper you sent me, right, like saying, here's the epitopes, and uh, I said that, and they were like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> they were... <laughs> I don't say that! <laughs> How dare you give evidence? No, yeah. What's the title of the paper? No, that's not the title of the paper. Uh... <laughs> Well, uh, uh, to give uh, to, to give an honest breakdown, I did send the wrong paper because I saw circulating in my sort of file organization, and um, it was the wrong circulating paper. But I did I did send them the circulating exosomes, 
and then that really um it threw them right because then then everything unraveled for them and uh that yep. was i was sitting there just uh thinking yes now i got you <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i was waiting for you to on excess deaths i was waiting for you to bring in the life insurance data you know, like you have life insurance companies which are already confirming excess deaths. So to say that there isn't anything. Well, I think it's, I think their point is is that now that now there isn't at this point in time, and well, oh, as of last week, they will deflect to anything. They will find that one little detail. Like they were saying, oh, there's no spike in plasma. Well, there isn't non-classical monocytes for 15 months. Mm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even get to that. You know, the point, the point for me was just to hammer home that there's these amyloidogenic prion-like mechanisms that we don't understand, right? And I, you know, I said to them, I'm not COVID minimizer. I'm in here, and the concern is we don't know what the interactions are between them. Mm -hmm. And you know, their their appeals to um the, the dose is too small and the rodents got uh, a big massive dose that mm -hmm. that doesn't um stand up to scrutiny it, it shows you the the tracing path that it will take yep right. and then and then after you recognize that mrna can still be transcribed even after it's been degraded as long as there's a start codon mm. right yeah so you might yeah you might not get the whole spike but you know if you don't have those last 10 amino acids i mean you still get everything else and they like i say um you know it was uh it, it was painful to sort of listen to because they was they would just sort of cut the mic off a lot of the time whilst it i was i was speaking and um you know they would at, at, like I say any bit of data that they didn't like that they've just so like the the amyloid signature from the vaccine right they were like oh no <laughs> But <laughs> I, I didn't hear what the uh, the objection was, but the because it was breaking up for me. But they... well, the, the the objection was whatever you said was wrong, false, and complete garbage, and you have shown nothing to support your claim. <laughs> Except paper after paper after paper. Uh, the best one of the best moments was when. Um, someone was complaining about oh that's in vitro <laughs> Actually, the, the woman pathologist put her hand up and said well yeah you know we have to do that <laughs> in order, in order to run the experiments and it was uh that was a good good mic drop moment there yep <laughs> so uh, i don't know what will I, I haven't looked at my twitter um inbox but um <laughs> the <laughs> yeah i got i got blocked by one of them like one of them labeled you uh, a neo-nazi and they yeah yeah, responded. yeah. Like, well that's that's because of broke back brenda calling me it and uh he keeps me being a neo-nazi and wrote uh a patreon post yeah so yeah. thank broke back brenda for that one <laughs> Thanks, Brokeback Bender. Really. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
someone said Razadim says and all their opposing experiments they shared how many experiments did they have under their belt collectively they didn't present any data except for uh, data from our welding data which was the um, the death metrics across countries and the um, the problem is is that that's, that's just a messy cohort right so where you know I can show the opposite in Japan and you know actually it was funny I'll bring it up on the screen share the screen I know are you watching the stream you can see the stream yeah a little bit of delay but I, I'll see it so um, so they were going they, they were clamoring about uh, Sweden and so if you look <laughs> at the raw death numbers Sweden <laughs> Okay, so like there's there's the the excess death, and it's only just dropped, right? And after having sustained, after killing all their old people, right? Then mm -hmm. vaccines kick in, and then it's running around ten percent. It shoots up to thirty percent for some reason, and then then has dropped, and so you would expect it to um, have some rebound, and the. Uh, if you change the view, so if you do um, cases yep. cases and deaths. Actually, I, I don't see it. Maybe if you want to just check your video. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Sorry. Um, no now I've got to go back to the... Excess uh, mortality percent, right? So... There we go that's their excess mortality it's high right and um i don't know what explains wow. that 30 percent increase but he's he's trying to argue now that sweden is uh, a bastion upon all nations and if you look at the cases and deaths um there you go sweden is even worse than japan and japan has that escalating um, wave that I was talking about. So, you know. this is this is this is great now. But but do you have any evidence? That... <laughs> so, <laughs> and then what was what was funny as well was the the bleak had to phone back. Because I corrected him, right? And he was like, well, yeah, of course this. <laughs> of course this spike is antigen. It's in there for 60 days now, we know. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> yeah, thanks for proving my point, my nigger. That's with an A, everyone. That was with an A. That was with an A. Isn't it always, my nigger? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's um so you know they wanted to keep it about um this basically what's on the screen and uh, um yeah aggregate data yeah and i brought them into what i felt was like well we've got to explain that excess death right which is what we're just looking at with the um increasing percent of death and so I was trying to say we have to find a reason for that. And especially when it's um, classed as non-COVID. And, yep. um, and so one of the Brilliant. 
people who spoke up was like he starts he starts listing off all these disease mechanisms and, yeah. I'm like, and i'm like yes nice now now you're starting to fall into my my web and uh, i'm gonna wrap you up and the you could you could feel them choking on on the amyloidogenic paper right they were that that paper is such a bomb right and you know they didn't understand it and then as i'm explaining it to them i want to say there was a woman who was saying well yeah that well the spike is the spike from the vaccine is different which was nonsense mm -hmm. and um then she was talking about epitope exposure right and they didn't grasp that it's it's the breakdown product of the spike that's the where the real sting is right and mm -hmm. they um you could like i say you could palpably i could feel that churning in their gears as they were as they were starting to come to terms with it and then there was a i don't know falco was he seems a pretty reasonable dude and he was like okay I, I'm, I'm following the the hypothesis he couldn't he didn't want to bring himself to say um it could it could be true <laughs> but he was he was actually <laughs> saying yeah there, there's science here that we need to be following that we're not aware of and um the yeah, and the, the, so obviously like I was saying about the no safe doses, and we, we walk around with load of amyloidogenic burden. Well, no, okay, that's uh, if that's your excuse, I'd I, I'd rather not have that burden, right? And yep. They, yeah, each at each point they have to, um, they they were having to concede, and once once they'd realized that they, there were these circulating exosomes studded with peptide fragments oh that was uh i was like yeah job done now i can <laughs> i can kick back and relax um and you know the rest the rest of the ship I, who cares about the ship posting right i do it all the time and you know that's uh it, it's the landscape now, right? And you know, yeah, as, as, as much as I would like it to be patient academic debate, bringing evidence to the the fore, um, it wasn't like that. And in this particular instance, that strategy worked, right? To put on the academic hat, and um, the and and just keep laying the the succession of papers down right yeah. so you know one of the things they didn't want to touch on was uh gene transfection right <laughs> did you hear that they, but they did uh notate um a genetic dysregulation uh, you know? they did yeah briefly it was quick mm, i don't remember I don't remember, but 
Yeah, Munich gangster says they hate gene transfection. Yeah, and the, the simple fact is they'll they'll go to the ends of the earth to deny that that is what we're dealing with, which is a gene transfection technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and gene technology embedded right in the uh, FCS. I mean, we were discussing earlier, you know, MSH3 mRNA right at the end of S1 as yeah. it gets cleaved, as designed. Yeah. You know, yeah. it'll bind to MSH2, and there you have a complementary pair, and, you know, and, and entre into the genome. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we didn't, we didn't even get to um, nuclear cell location um, via the Turing cleavage site, but yeah, I had that paper ready to go um, were it to sort of get to that point, but... I don't know how long how long was that space running? Felt felt fair few hours. Like three hours, bro. Oh, was that long? Oh, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, man. Like you, you won by attrition. <laughs> 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 Not to mention, you know, just your demeanor the whole way. You're professorial. Mm -hmm. uh, like you cursed one time towards the end, and they were all like, "Oh, like that was the moment that they were waiting for," because. That was the whole purpose of the whole stream that they were trying to break you, but at that point they had already like thrown up their hands and given up. They were like, "Oh, well, we're about to end the stream," and yeah, you know, yeah. yada yada yada. So, yeah. bro, you crushed. Well, that's uh, it's good to know. It's hard to it's hard to tell, and like you're thinking on your feet, and you know, a lot of the like I say, I was just cut off a lot of the time, so I don't even know exactly what I what I got out with. So. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first part was really tough to listen to because it, it I mean, and it, and it took a while for me to kind of figure out, wow, this is just a big circle jerk, you know, mm -hmm. ego fluff fest. You know, like they weren't concerned with the truth. They were concerned with their perception of what they believe the truth to be above all. Oh, yeah, very much so. That's it's um, their their angle is, is that um, farm farm or vaccines. Great, no matter what. And that's not uh that's not a tenable um position to be holding the the scientific literature doesn't support it and the the pathophysiological mechanisms that we understand just doesn't doesn't support holding that position right now and um especially yeah. after we know the mechanisms mm. yeah <laughs> when you can follow it down, like like a turning a key of ignition on a car, and say, well, you know, after turn the ignition, power, and then all the pistons, and you already know this, there there is no argument because mm. that's what's going on. Yeah, you know, there was a bit where she tried to say about me mansplaining her. <laughs> I just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> yeah. Anything to try and get a reaction and a rise, bro. That's what mm. they were after, more mm. so than anything else. Oh, we got him. We got it recorded. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I got it recorded on Twitter that you have lied and that I am right about exit mortality. <laughs> I like to say, just looking on that screen and, and just going uh, back to the percent deaths. Holy shit, man! I, I had no idea that we, we'd seen such a massive spike in Sweden. Oh. I wish I'd known that. I was trying to pull it up during the stream, but I was just, you know, trying to concentrate. If I'd known that, I would have fucking slammed him. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw the cases and deaths, and um, 
Where is yeah? So there's that. That must be that big peak there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd also sent you uh, an article from the Hill. You know, from uh, insurance companies that were notating uh, excess deaths within their own tables, and they were saying it's not COVID. So it has mm. to be something else directly after the vaccine. Mm. And that was early on, man. Some of those cats have seen, you know, over 100% excess deaths to their tables, and they're starting to adjust. You know, are you vaccinated or not? Well, if you're vaccinated, maybe you have to pay a little more. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They see the data there, and it's to make money. Money talks, bullshit walks. So, I mean, mm. when you look at what people are placing their bets on. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just... Uh... Case Fair says Chris Kumatsu had expertise. I don't know who that was. Is that the dude who was just going on about Raman spectroscopy? Oh my gosh. What, what the fuck was that about, man? It, it was filler. And then, oh, again, a way to make himself feel good about himself. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, I, 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 An attempt to like discredit like your credibility. Oh, he doesn't know about this. You know, Oh, that's another mark on your... You know, check after the name on your board. And, you know, yeah, board. so so I guess they were looking after at Stupidas, right? And they were thinking that I've gone on Stupidas um, to, well, you know, yeah. play, play along with the um, vaccine or whatever their stupid documentary is called, Died Suddenly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, then basically they had to eat humble pie, as I was just saying. No, I was on there. <laughs> Showing him that there was no uh, none of this. So what what was his uh, what was that fucking retail's response? Oh, we don't know what was in those bottles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there might be there might be, uh, and then then like they they go around to actually trying to argue. It sounded like graphene oxide being in it. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I Pick was. Your lane. <laughs> I was like, what? The? I couldn't under. I was like, I was just trying to figure out what was going on and then you know sort of asking technical questions about um ramen and i'm like well, okay uh. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that who that was chris was that that guy chris komatsu someone says case fair um case fair says kevin was wrong about excess deaths being caused by vaccines well um case fair you're looking at swedish death right that was um there you've got a 30 percent signal in swedish death and of course it's going to drop down um there you go excess deaths were um massively high higher than japan higher than japan bro and uh like i say had i seen this um prior to the the stream yeah i would i'd have lit them up even more but the the point was to um get them to the prion engagement but case fair if you want to come on and uh discuss your your take on stuff then um i'm more than happy to continue the dialogue and you can you can speak to doc Keck here as well um let me know if you want to um if you want a link, I'll I'll send you a Zoom link and I'll switch you over to Zoom. Um, Doc, if that's all right with you. That's fine with me. Uh, so, case fair, I'm waiting on you to see if you want to come in and continue the discussion. 
and we'll go from there. Like I say, I'm, I'm happy to. And uh, yeah, we can talk about this ex Swedish excess death. <laughs> that would be fun. So, <laughs> actually, could I could I ask a favor from you? So, hang on. Inactive spike protein from transmembrane anchor is structurally different from wild type spike protein, SARS CoV 2, and far more wild type spike proteins produced by SARS CoV 2. Um, yeah, but you don't know that that's the inactive spike anchor from uh, the transmembrane um, section. And um, again, it needs to be checked for amyloidogenic um, sequences. So again, um, if you want to come on and um, argue the the case, uh, you're more than welcome to. I won't be a dick like uh, whatever is, I can't remember the name of the per truther or something. Something like that. Transmembrane anchor. This, this dude wants to bring up the transmembrane anchor, which is the only part of the spike protein that has no direct physiological interaction with the body from SARS-CoV-2, a natural infection. Why? Yeah. Does that, what does that even matter? See? Deflection. Little details. You know, we know there's a difference between receptor binding domain, fusion peptides. You know, we, we know the structure, my man. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. You're not going to come in here and like, well, talk I, about I, I, if you could indulge me, because I need the bathroom. Um, if you want to lay down on here, lay the smack down on him with respect to um, the well, the toxicity of uh, the spike protein and its gene, <laughs> its gene transfected version as well. It would be my pleasure, sir. Give me a sec. I'll be back. Oh, yeah, uh, because, you know, one of the things that was uh, kind of really bandied about were conformational changes to the spike protein, but the only conformational changes that were made to the spike protein was to the S2 subunit. Yes, in order to keep the fusion peptide, which binds to the cell membrane in a closed position, because that was what was theorized was causing syncytia. So they inserted two prolines, two proteins, in order to keep the S2 subunit in a, in a closed position. And if for Moderna, those two prolines that were added came from HIV, if you want to talk about epitope exposure and what could possibly happen afterwards, you know? But when you really look at the data, what you find is that it's the S1 subunit, which is the main driver of pathogenicity, at least direct pathogenicity, not secondary tertiary effects, which is what Kevin is talking about on amyloid, from, uh, from an amyloidogenic standpoint, which happens after the spike protein is degraded. So if you just look at the primary effects within the body, even from an amyloidogenic standpoint, which you can do is you look at the furin cleavage site for the S1 subunit, which is cleaved by TMPRSS2 on the cell surface, on the cell membrane, as the vaccines are designed to do. That dude who's talking about how the S1 subunit, you know, gets reabsorbed back into the cell membrane and it's dissolved because it's a sugar? Bullshit. How the hell would that happen and you expect antibodies to be, to, to be built? How in the hell do antibodies be built for something that's reabsorbed in the cell membrane as a sugar? Like, my man was clearly off his brain. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. The S1 subunit is a causative agent for long COVID. And if you want to talk about amyloidogenic se sequences, you can just look at the furin cleavage site, which binds to AVB3 integrin, right? On platelets. And when it binds to AVB3 integrin on platelets, it causes a direct amyloidogenic uh, uh, reaction from platelets by irreversibly activating them to create fibrins, right? And fibrins are a biological glue. And it fans out irreversibly, binding up and wrapping out everything. That's how you get microclots. And 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 it and it uh, is a <clears throat> it um 
it resists trypsinization, meaning those fibrins don't get dissolved, right? Because the von Willebrand factor, the very things that you would send, that your body would send to dissolve that, end up getting trapped in that biological glue in that net. That is an amyloid, right? Those are amyloid clots. So from a primary standpoint, when the furin cleavage site, which is an MSH3 class mRNA gene for Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome, which was patented by Moderna in 2016, okay, binds to AVB3 integrin on the platelets, that, all that happens. The interesting thing about AVB3 integrin uh, as a receptor is that it is also the receptor that triggers phagocytosis and, and macrophages, monocytes. So the, the very same receptor which causes this irreversible clotting fibrin glue to be released is also the same one that will activate your immune system, your macrophages, to, to turn into a, an immune state. And then they start gobbling up everything around that. Well, if it's in the brain, you know, if that's a microglia and it gets activated, well, it's eating brain tissue. It's eating nervous tissue. If it's in your heart, well, then myocarditis. Take your pick. Welcome back, Evan. Sorry, I'll just uh, Yeah, no worries. But case fair, <laughs> if, you, if you want to come on and you, you're firing up in the chat, just give me somewhere to send a Zoom link to and I'll bring you on. I'm happy to have the discussion with you. And uh, <laughs> let's see. Spike proteins share no significant sequence homology with syncytin 1. Um, I'm not sure that that it's more the case that they perform they form syncytia, right? When they're expressing, but I don't know what bit you were going on about in particular. So you there, dude? No, oh, I've lost uh, lost Keck. No, no, no. You're with me. I, uh, I was just, I was reading his uh nose and sequence sequence homology with sensation one yeah so that's basically he's making a reference uh to um like obgyn and uh like those papers that were coming out on the reproductive system uh newsflash it doesn't have to interact with sensation to cause problems in the reproductive system mm. Mm. it doesn't you know because when you have this fibrogenic fibr uh, fibrinogenic response itself you can cause clots it's going to cause problems bro yeah yeah you know? And, you know, we've just we've got um, Pfizer's own reports out now saying that, yeah, they knew it was crossing the placenta. And yep. um, the issue around micro RNAs as well um, just steps that whole issue up a notch. Um, let's see. Come on, case fair. Give me give me a link, to send you a Zoom link and you can argue uh, argue your case, um, but I don't think, uh, let's see, Case Fair only believes in authorised lickspittle science. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to do it, he's, uh, yeah. Anyway, as Case Fair is here, let me, um, let me walk case fair through. So um, there, to begin with, as uh, your group uh, didn't want to go there, is the, this is just searching for reviews, but that is the results for lipid nanoparticle gene transfection. And you can see reviews going all the way back to 2008. This is a well-documented and well-understood technique in the biological sciences okay 
um, your group trying to uh, skirt that issue because they knew that they would get pinned to the floor immediately was uh, cowardly and intellectually dishonest. Um, if you want to add anything to that, Gek. No. All right. So, um, I was you, I just picked out a couple of reviews at random. So, uh, non-viral vectors offer safe, versatile alternative to viral vectors have been developed to overcome problems caused by viral carriers, you know, like uh, <laughs> Janssen and uh, AstraZeneca. Nice ones. And um, they are they were designed for gene transfection and gene therapy. It doesn't matter how much Bug Brush Wilson whines that uh, that's not the case in this instance. Every time you wrap a gene or genetic material into a carrier and, it, and push it into a biological tissue, that's gene transfection. That's its very definition. Um, if you wanted to add anything to that, dude. No, you're good, bro. You're with it. You're on it. Okay, so um, applications of lipid nanoparticles and gene therapy. We'll be breezing through. Um, this was uh, expression kinetics of nucleoside modified mRNA delivered in lipid nanoparticles to mice by various routes. And, of course, I like this paper because um, not only does it show it aggregating in the... Uh, the ovaries, but it's very, very obvious. Well, you can kind of see it in this top figure. Um, if I zoom in, eh. mm. do, 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 do. but in this one, you, know, you can see the brain lighting up. In this one, IV, you can see it in in the sort of cranial area. And if you go down, they have that beautiful image of uh, the mouse glowing. They were glowing. Uh, yeah, they they were. And um, yeah, what what can I say? They yeah, uh, they they had to swallow that prion black pill, man. They had, they had to accept that the spike protein was. Uh... Oh, have I lost that paper? Ah, oh, here it is. This picture, I I love this picture. Right, so you can you can see that over is lighting up adrenals, and you can see it glowing, even though obviously it's wrapped in skull and and bone, which is dense and so there's a there's an indicator that um the lipid nanoparticle does travel um to the brain and um are epitopes accessible in pre-fusion confirmation it's a good question um i would have to presume somewhat but again i don't think those experiments have been done and the simple fact is, is that we know that it gets chewed up and it throws out peptides and on exosomes that are circulating around the body and will go to the central nervous system and other critical organs like the heart. Um, just trying to... I cite academic journals that follow the scientific method. 
What? What are these on the screen? Case method. What are these? <laughs> All right. So you can see the screen, right, dude? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Um. So you know, this is Pfizer's own documents, and uh, here we can see escalating doses in the brain. Interestingly, when we look at pituitary gland, even after 48 hours, it's still going up. Okay, and then obviously we know about ovaries. Um, very, 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 very big signal there, which, which would sort of match what we're seeing in this picture. Um, um, this, is, this is why they don't want to tread into that space of talking about this technology as gene transfection because it's sorry it does it does go everywhere there's just decades decades of research uh to um prove otherwise so and i'm trying i'm trying to give case fair uh a, a good crack of the whip here so i'm looking for his comments he's put a link to a frontiers article don't worry i'm destroying him in comments Okay, okay. Um, let's bring this paper up. Enhancing the pre-fusion conformational stability of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein through structure-guided design. Well, dude, I'll let you speak to that again. <laughs> I would presume this is the proline um, stabilization. How old's this paper? No, it's not. It must be after the pronoun. So, here, guided by the structure of the spike trimer, we rationally design new spike constructs that show uniquely high stability profile simultaneously remaining locked in the immunogen desirable prefusion state. Furthermore, our approach emphasizes the relationship between highly conserved S2 region and structurally dynamic receptor binding. Yeah, but it's still going to get chewed up. And again, we would have to run those sequences through something like waltz to see look for amyloidogenic uh, peptides and sequences yeah and not only that but you i mean really it just says right there in black and white the conformational changes were only done to the s2 subunit not the s1 so anyone saying that there are any changes to s1 is wrong the s1 subunit for the vaccine is the therapeutic vector for the vaccines therefore them being the therapeutic vector there were no changes made it is a direct replica for what the Wuhan alpha strain B117 was reported to be and found and confirmed in vivo. Mm. Yeah, well put. So I still haven't seen Case Fair put a link. Oh, dude, let me send you a Zoom link and you can join in the conversation. What's that? Nah, man, he, he, don't, he don't know nothing. He's, he's still asking questions. If he's asking questions and doesn't know the answer, he don't know shit. I'm answering his questions, and then he just keeps deflecting. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just more psyop, bro. So similar paper here from um, yeah, Moderna. He, uh, just, sorry, one of the last things he says: you obsess over S1 and ignore RBD, bro. The receptor binding domain is on the S1 subunit. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, take that downstairs. <laughs> um, he doesn't. Ah. <laughs> Oh dear. All right. Um, so yeah, on the screen, uh, this is a um, pharmacokinetic study with 
mRNA lipid nanoparticle. This is their flu vaccine candidate in 2017. And um, we see, I don't think they look at uh, ovaries in this. They look like male mice, but we see a signal again in the brain. Um, you know, another indicator that the lipid nanoparticle is permissive and goes where we don't want it to go. And they asked about calculations with respect to the spike protein. What I'll do for case for is I'll put this link in the chat. There's a bunch. This one's a review, and it's got a link to a bunch of papers. And basically, they run uh, about equivalent. Maybe the vaccine is a little lower. Uh, what did I have this one for? Well, obviously, the, um, they find spike mRNA sequence 28 days after COVID-19. And um, this, one's, this one's interesting because they can, they can reconstruct, they get a 100% read from the samples that they're finding. So that would, that would kind of indicate that um, there's potential that whole, at least the genetic material for the whole spike is in the circulation uh, 28 days post-COVID-19 vaccination. Yep. What was this one? But is it in the plasma? Is it in the plasma? <laughs> <laughs> Another one, vaccine mRNA can be detected in blood at 15 days post-vaccination. Um... More. Yeah, it's a vaccine antigen in the plasma of vaccine recipients. Uh, that's that. Actually, this was where I, I got the wrong paper because I saw that circulating in my list of uh, papers in the in the list. Damn. But um, no, it doesn't matter because you know the, it just uh, it helped hammer home the point, right? When uh, eventually they had to they had to say circulating exosomes studied with uh, peptide fragments, and if you read that paper, they 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 infect uh, rodents with those exosomes and are able to induce uh, an antigenic response in the rodents, which which is pretty pretty damning uh, with respect to the the data. Um, let's see what else I had. Um, yeah, of course, this one I didn't get to this, but persistence of SARS CoV 2 S1 protein in CD16 monocytes in post acute sequelae of COVID 19. Yes, sir. Patterson, that's the beast. Mm. Um, yeah. Long COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah by, and what's the causative agent for long COVID? I'll let you uh, take the floor, please, Doc. Okay. Well, you know, well, it's just, it's just quite the thing, this, uh, that it just so happens that, you know, what is persisting in these uh, CD16 non-classical monocytes for 15 months, which is over a year, is not the full spike protein. Would you imagine that? That it, it does not take the full spike protein and cause long COVID? That the only thing that causes long COVID is the S1 subunit. Ain't that about a bit? Mm. Only S1, which is made in full, as I mentioned earlier, from alpha strain B117, all vaccines just transcribed in full, no conformational changes, is the causative agent for long COVID. So you had made a point about informed consent. Fuck yeah, 
Section 564 says all risks and benefits need to be disclosed as well as the extent to which they are both known and unknown. If you know the S1 subunit causes PASC, post-acute sequelae of COVID, right, long COVID, and you don't know what that number is, even though Dr. Bruce Patterson puts it at 30%, you know, of those who are exposed to S1 are going to develop on COVID, even mm. if you don't know, the, the fact that you don't know still has to be disclosed in order for informed consent to be provided from the legislation that created medical countermeasures in the first place. Mm. Yeah. So there you go, case fair. <laughs> I, can't, I can't put it better than that. Uh, let's see, what did I have next? Well, yeah, of course, there's this paper, which is the circulating spike protein uh, in the myocarditis um, kids. Um, I don't know if you want to... Yep. I'm, I'm sure you've probably got something to say about this one, actually. So. Well, not necessarily about this one, but really it was the interesting thing about uh, myocarditis is the, the differences in the way that, it, that it's expressed. Like myocarditis from natural infection was diagnosed um, with elevated troponin levels, but there was a difference in uh, the vaccinated uh, people who were experiencing myocarditis. One, they were finding full spike, but they also saw elevated uh, CAR T, which is T lymph. Those are your T cells. You have T cell infiltration, which is going up, mm. right? So it's an, so it's more autoimmune than it is something which is uh, I don't, don't want to say pathogenic, but more like directly related to the virus itself. Mm. Because it, it it is something which is expressed only from the spike protein, mm. right? And you have an and you have a hyperimmune response which is attacking the heart, mm. myocarditis. You so see, um, more, th these more yeah. Oh, I was going to say these, these just this diagnosis of myocarditis. I mean, but the, basically all that means is just inflammation, right? Correct. And yeah. they don't know the unless you go in and biopsy the tissue. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're specifically looking for amyloidogenesis. I mean, there are some there's some CT imaging approaches that can do real time analysis. I forget what they're called right now. Someone mm -hmm. in the chat will remember. But um, you, you have to be specifically looking for amyloidosis and the They're not doing that. And that was the whole point that I was trying to get across in, in that discussion is that they, they were clueless about this mechanism even existing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, the, the, it comes down to informed consent. And you know, the, the cases and you know, the, bring up a cost benefit analysis. Um, maybe, maybe as um, a palliative, because that's as best as I could describe the vaccine, well, the gene transfection technology, because it, it's so transient in its therapeutic effects that I, I would just class it as a palliative rather than um, what, what was recognized as a classical description of vaccines. And <laughs> they tried to pull that, um, that no, no vaccine is a full sterilizing vaccine. Bullshit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So what are you arguing? Yeah. Mm, well, to, to, to me, it, it's, a, it's an indicator of that sort of um, Marxist penchant for changing terms and definitions all the time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they, 
if they think that they can get away with it, they will. And that's why it's so important to hold them to to these agreed upon standards. You don't just get to change the definition of gene transfection as you're about to roll it out on billions of people as a public health measure. And also wanted to um, kind of put a button as well on like the inflammation side, you know, myocarditis being inflammation, troponin levels, you know, that that being kind of an indicator of, of what's happening. Um, but the, the other uh, aspect, and, and someone did mention angiogenesis that I think is overlooked and mm -hmm. a lot of people um, really don't understand what that means, you know, in terms of like the form, they say, oh, the formation of new blood vessels. Well, uh, that's phallopodia formation. Right, it's the same mechanism. It's 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 a reorganization of uh, of uh, of the actin to to create this going out. That that's what's like that's what happens in the platelets and in or in that that causes the fibrin to fan out. It's a phylopodia formation, mm -hmm. and that's what you see kind of like fanning out. So when uh, when 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 Bruce Patterson says uh, that the non-classical monocytes uh, bind to the fractal kind and they cause inflammation and angiogenesis, a lot of people think of inflammation as only occurring from an immune standpoint and being expressed by some type of like interleukins or some type of immune response. Mm. But his idea of, you know, the inflammation that is going on is on a physical level. Like the cells are physically growing to cause that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's what he's saying, you know? So I just wanted to well, put those both out there in terms of a definition standpoint. Yeah. Well, I've just uh, just caught my attention. Good Doggy says, uh, case fair is just a distraction from resurrecting the Pan-Arab chads. I agree. Uh, there's been not one dono with the docs stepping in for battle today. And uh, next one that sends a dono gets uh, gets the full Pan-Arab chad phenopoly just for case fair. Yeah. All right. So, are you going to say yeah, something, Roy? Yeah. Well, the next one I'm reading his next his next chat. So I, I guess we're gonna we're gonna do a three way with him, just kind of like texting here. But uh, hence, pseudouridine is an mRNA. No, it's not pseudouridine. It's methyl pseudouridine. It is an artificial pseudouridine. So if you're gonna make a proposition, at least be accurate. Um, and and you're right. So methyl pseudouridine uh, line is a modification, uh, and it it increases RNA stability. It also evades TLRs. And after those methyl pseudouridines are broken down, uh, where do they go? Anthony, they one sec. My battery's run flat. My vape, dude. You you just keep laying into him, bro. I'll be back in a second. Emergency. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the methyl pseudouridines themselves, like they were finding that uh, there were, um, like, there was this weird adenovirus uh, mutation, which was um, really attacking kids. And, like, the first thing that kind of ran in my head is, like, that, that ran through their head. It's like, one, why are these things so robust and lasting longer than what they're supposed to? Two, why are they attacking it? Well, if you have a mutated adenovirus with a spike protein, like, uh, I don't know, AstraZeneca, Janssen, or you're exposed to people who've gotten those vaccines, well, maybe they have a mutated adenovirus which is finding its way in there, right? Hmm. But that's that's on the adenovirus factor. You're asking about the mRNAs. You know, so the methyl pseudouridines themselves, uh, yeah, they can make it more stable, but that isn't necessarily good, you know, because they last longer than what they are supposed to. 
So the idea that the mRNA is going to degrade in two to three days is false. And it's false by the very proposition that you give, because the methylsuduridine does make the mRNA more stable. And it's been found in lymph nodes for up to two months. What a marvel of science to have a pathogenic spike protein being translated in your body for two months. Yay! Right? This is beyond anti-vaxxer or vaxxer or whatever kind of epithet you want to get or give anyone. It's the reality of the science. It's the reality of what is going on in the body, regardless of what it is that doesn't fit the narrative or doesn't fit, you know, what Five Eyes, you know, um, Bank of International Settlements, Lucas Trust UN members want to want to fund as a message to us. Because what is true will remain true regardless of how any type of intelligence agency might want to color their truth. What is true is present, and what is present is real, and what is real will always be, regardless of whatever other kind of commercial anyone wants to put out there. Uh, I'll presume you uh, laid the smack down there, bro. Um... You know, I just kind of helped put things into perspective a little bit uh you know what let's just blow his mind a little bit and uh let him know that rna can be a prion too oh yes <laughs> let's do that we'll do that i think he just did it <laughs> let me just uh yeah RNAs that behave like prions. There you go. I'll, I'll put this in the uh, the chat for you, case for just to show uh, how out of depth uh, that little group was as I was slapping them about scientifically. <laughs> uh, let's do that. RNAs that behave like Prions. Who would have imagined such a thing, Doc Kick? Imagine that. Prions, you say, sir? Yes, prions. <laughs> what dare you? All right, what did we get to? We got... Uh... Oh, yeah, this was a good one that I was going to bring up. But uh, changes of ECG parameters after BNT162B2 vaccine. And 17% um, of their kids had abnormalities in ECG and I bet that's without doing this next generation um, ECG that can you know, that really can pick apart what's going on at a, at a electrophysiological level um, so you know how, ma how many parents would have offered up their kids if they knew that there was a 17 chance of um cardiac issues that would depend on how they allowed their children to identify their gender <laughs> touche bro <laughs> touche true though uh let's see What's what's case fair going on about that mRNA vaccine would degrade too quickly for translation of amino acids into ribosome? Yeah, but the problem is case fair is that it's hanging around for way too long, and again we don't understand the pathophysiologies involved. 
There are disease mechanisms which we have yet to really nail down. You know, like RNA acting like a prion. Even more so if you have an mRNA coded into a spike protein. So then you get a double whammy. You know, and, and yeah. the one thing that I think really gets left off here is that, you know, when explaining this, they say that uh, the mRNA is going to be translated in ribosomes. And then it's, you know, it's going to have like they have this old whole map kind of, you know, kind of out there. But what they don't tell you is that mitochondria have their own ribosomes. Mm. So what happens if LNP gets translated in ribosomes in mitochondria? Mm. Um, <laughs> Case first says I was out of my depth in the real truth of space. Hardly, bro. I made I made them swallow the prion black pill, and they had to, they had to, they had to concede it. Yeah. <laughs> could even give, yeah, could even give him a Montagnier's last type, last paper where he mapped out the the gene. Uh, I didn't even didn't even get to it. Oh man. <laughs> he goes into this specific codons that can be. Um, mutated uh you know naturally and then would, would cause a uh, prionergic mm. sequences to to then be expressed in and then the cast and what well, he, he notated what uh 26 cases of advanced creutzfeldt jacob disease yeah like he had never seen it before yeah so it, isn't it weird how everything is is like turbo all of a sudden yeah turbo creutzfeldt jacob's disease turbo mm. cancer like mm. turbo myocarditis turbo sudden adult death syndrome <laughs> Shit. And look, case where um, it doesn't mean everyone, right? Um, the point about science is to identify cohorts at risk populations and kids who are at minimal risk right now to COVID um, certainly shouldn't be being shut up with something that we know has a direct impact on the heart um it's it's that simple let me just see i want to know so send a dono someone so i can uh play unleash the uh pan-arab chads let's see come on someone do it someone do it oh yes we had the uh 100 bucks nice hey, hey. <laughs> we can have uh we can have a couple we can have uh chemical alley shout out to the man We salute that man. He was just a piker when it came to biological chemical warfare. <laughs> he had nothing on us, Keck. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and uh, for a hundred bucks, I can play my new one, but I've I still haven't had a chance to uh, put it as a um, trigger yet. Jihad, 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 jihad. <laughs> <laughs>
Stein. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving yeah. swiftly on. I wanted to mention something on children, just because um, it was a point that I wanted to talk about earlier. You brought him up again. Mm. You know, you take children who had a 0.003% case fatality rate, almost all of them already having, you know, being immunocompromised themselves. So essentially, children are immune to this disease, right? Mm. Why the fuck do you vaccinate anyone against something that they're immune to mm. if you really want to talk about risk benefit? Yeah, yeah, and you know they they pull out the jammer paper. It's like, oh god, there was a thousand and whatever forty deaths. But you know, you read the limitations in that study, and it's uh, yeah, they were all all comorbid with other illnesses, and so you know, yep. if if COVID wasn't going to get them, something else would. And... Exactly, they were, were immunocompromised. And I would say this, yeah, for those comorbid kids, juice them up if they want. <laughs> Fit, young, healthy kids. No way, no how. Never! 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 <laughs> All right. Um, I'm trying to sort of follow Case's uh, chat. Um, Long-lasting half-life. He's just... It's just a continuation. Okay. Show me, show me evidence. <laughs> Peg two thousand. Um, what about Peg two thousand? Um, I would be, again, if there's no reason to expose yourself to it, um, I would, I would avoid. I would avoid at this point, and you know, and, and again, case where, I'm not against the technology per se. Um, you know, uh, in somewhere in a condition where. There was, I don't know, something like cancer, for example, and the use of biologics in that instance. I'm all for it. It's this ham-fisted, one-size-fits-all um, totalitarianism that it is of concern. And the way that I see it is these totalitarians have um, gone to war against the people, basically. Clearly. Um, we either push back now, or try to push back, or laying in your bed years from now. What would you say to yourself to get one chance? <laughs> Just one chance. To get those English a bloody good. <laughs> well, I t I tell you what, Kevin. I mean, uh, on that subject, what do you do? I I've kind of been down some major rabbit holes, and I have found me some shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Lay it on us, bro. So, um, this group that I've been uh, talking about, right, now that I'm a part of, uh, that forming a, a private grand jury, there is a, there's a lot more behind that. The, the ones that wear the hoods on their heads and uh, that group? No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I think all the Dixie Crats have uh, have ran by now. You know, either okay. that or converted over. <laughs> but uh, no, man. I mean, there, there. I've been down a lot of rabbit holes as it as it comes down to the founding of, of republic, uh, to the United States Constitution, mm. to the difference between uh, lawful 
versus legal. Uh, and I came across um, a process uh, for people to um, notify the government of themselves as a people. Isn't this just the equivalent of claiming your rights as a sovereign citizen, as you do in the UK, basically? you Well, it's there, it, prima facie is, implied, but you have to it, sort of legally state it when dealing with state apparatus. So the idea of a sovereign, right? A person presenting themselves, the only sovereign in existence is God. All right. Uh, so, um, if you're going to claim it, you better get ready to show it. You had enough? Hang on, dude. Hang on, dude. I, just, uh, I heard another dono. That, that means uh, a, chance, a chance for the Saddam drip. I didn't do that one. Uh, salute Mary, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, the one and only. Yeah. All right. Uh, where were we going? Sovereigns, right? So, Sovereigns, yeah. All right, yeah. so yeah, it, so this realization just came to, came to me recently is that it's a trap. The idea to localize sovereign within individuals, the only time that's ever happened is with Yeshua. Okay. okay. Jesus. Okay. So... Now, the thing is uh, that there's also a group called the B'nai Elohim. Uh, hang are... on. Uh, Muhammad, bro. Muhammad. Oh, I, uh, um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, well, I'm just going to leave it, um, you know, uh, the, even the problem. Well, what, what, what about, uh, what about the, the, the Buddha himself? <laughs> Uh, the, actually, the Buddha uh, in his Dhammapada, uh, which was the culmination of his tantric teachings, so a lot of people think that tantra has to do with sex, but it doesn't. Tantric teachings, uh, and the reason why it was so revolutionary is because it was a way off the wheel that he proved and preached that, um, you know, uh, you can achieve salvation in this lifetime. And that was the third turning of the wheel of Dharma. That was the Vajrayana, which later turned into Tibetan Buddhism. And the and like the, the quintessential achievement is Dzogchen. And there's also something called the rainbow body. But um, oh, hey. even, even hey, well, keep that homo shit out of here. That's for that <laughs> other uh, that other Twitter space. They're all a bunch of homos. <laughs> Even the Buddha said, you know, that there are those authorities who are above him, right? So he is not mm. the ultimate authority. Even he recognized that. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I, did, I didn't yeah. know that, but um, yeah. even though I'm ensconced in uh, Buddha territory. <laughs> uh, I got you. Yeah, Zen, uh, Satori, right? The School of Sudden Enlightenment. My man, that's some good stuff. Some uh, some Kenin, right? Some Kenin, I think, is uh, walking meditation. Yeah, Zen, I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all down for it, bro. I don't have time to read it though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Hang on a minute. Hang on. There's uh, there's some more comments from Caseware because anaphylactic shock is a rare side effect, but benefit risk ratios are favourable for mRNAs. But you don't know that ratio ratio yet because you don't know what the long term risks are. And we're going we're going to go through the evidence that there's ample evidence that there's plenty of short term indicators. And if if 
my hypothesis is correct that we're seeing this um, increased death that's non-COVID related that's falling in the dementia domain. Um, well, where's your risk benefit analysis then? And where's the risk benefit analysis for kids? If you want to add anything to that, bro. I mean, like here, I mean, do the math. All right. You have a 0.003% case fatality rate in children, which is basically only immune compromised. Okay. And you're giving kids an injection on an order of, I want to, I want it, to, it's one in some thousand. Okay. We're not talking about one in a couple million. Mm. We're talking about one every 10, 100,000. And it's cumulative as well. Number, exactly. And the annual case fatality rate for myocarditis is 70%, 17, excuse me, 17%. Right, the five-year uh, mortality is fifty percent. You're taking something from has a risk of point zero zero three percent, and you're putting them at fifty percent. You're mm. out of your ever living mind. Yeah. Uh, risk case, benefit. Case fair is bringing up a paper. I want to do him the courtesy of. Sorry, I got a lot post, there. Posting no, 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 it's, it's um. Well, it's going to, you know, I said to someone on um, Twitter yesterday, um, you know, you come at my kids with gene transfection. I said something like expect a high caliber lead head, but at 2,600 feet per second, right? There's, there's no way that you're, well, especially in the current climate and uh the f- they already are, man. They already are. Yeah, I, 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 I know. It's uh, we need we need more lead headbutts going on. That's that's yeah. the issue. Yeah. Just, just think- were- go on. I was, I, I, all I was going to say was just think how many kids just got jabbed for nothing. For nothing, dude. Mm. For nothing to their own detriment. Mm. You know. And, you know, people want to talk about exosomes this and exosomes that. Like, there was a study that was done where they took someone who tested positive for COVID, right, in a household setting. And no one else in the house ever tested positive for the virus. But they tested positive for the antibodies. Mm. Which is what that um, exosome paper demonstrates uh, by infecting the rodents. That yep. those those exosomes are enough to imbue immunity. So there's uh, two there's two things there. One, immunity by definition is just as contagious as any virus or bacteria. Say that again. I said immunity is just as contagious as the virus. Yeah, that's uh, that's profound, bro. Right. <laughs> So, and second, if if you have been infected and you have antibodies, the last thing you want to do is put a mask on. Why would you withhold those antibodies from your family and your children? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think the data is pretty clear that natural infection, uh, natural immunity is the superior immunity and i'll say this um you know it it was me that got hammered with covid and you know touch wood the rest of my family have remained untouched 
and you know maybe maybe that's a cogent reason as to why because yeah. I, I i'd have been spraying exosomes everywhere dude <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's good for them. <laughs> Seriously, it's, but I mean, like, but like any public health policy counter to that, you know, can be challenged on those merits. Mm, you mm. know, it, it really can. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try and get through more of these. Um, is this the so? Oh, yeah, so circulating es- extracellular vesicle microRNAs associated with adverse reactions, pro-inflammatory cytokine and antibody production after COVID-19 vaccination. So this is the microRNAs that are, have been identified now in response to um, vaccination. And um, I'm, all I will say is go and, go and watch the stream I did yesterday with um, Annoyed Citizen and doorless carp and they go into exquisite detail uh, about how these pathways are impacted the type of microRNAs that we do see being upregulated and the sad fact is that they're they're associated with um oncogenesis mm. and you know was was that discussed with patients i don't think so no and and the th- and the thing is is that they cannot say that the spike is not carcinogenic mm. especially when you have a an oncology patent embedded within it indeed yes <laughs> uh moderna for real Ranitidine was removed from the market because NDMA was being um, expressed and kind of like increased in transit in heat, right? And they removed it. And NDMA, in terms of uh, its carcinogenic effect, is seen over the long haul and the long term. How much more so a fucking gene that is an oncology gene? Mm. as to what it's designed to do in your body. Mm. And we see binding to the cytoskeleton in the cells causing mutation. Because that's what phallopodia formation is. It's structural change. Structural change in the cell, disease by definition. Period. Yeah. And they fucking admitted it. (laughs) Just we found it yeah i mean it whether they admit it or not like there it is mm. they can't say that this paperwork isn't theirs no they can't say that it wasn't designed to do this mm. what they didn't know what it did how the hell did you patent it right touche bro <laughs> straight up all right, so we'll we'll move on from. Um... <laughs> so that this is a quick dip into um, exosomes and their role in neurodegenerative disorders case. And this was I didn't get a chance to bring this paper up in the um, article, mm. but you know this this is a good accounting of the 
um, current state of the art with respect to our understanding of neurodegenerative disorders and um, transfer of exosomes carrying neurotoxic cargo is high, high, high up on the list, along with pathogens of various forms. So I've put the link in the chat for you. I've gone through this paper in the stream two days ago. So if you want to, if you want to get a grasp of uh, what it means, etc., I go through and uh, line by line, I go through that paper and explain it. Okay, so let's quickly move on. What was this one? Oh yeah, this. So this was interesting. It's a case report, but. Um, persistent damage to the gut microbiome following uh, messenger RNA, and this is uh, Hazan Sabine. And um, I want to I want to say that they find that the whole population of bifidus bacteria are wiped out. Before. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say genus bifidobacteria decline is associated with inflammatory bowel disease, obesity, neurological disorders, C. difficile infection, and severe COVID 19. So, literally, and again, you would have to see how this translated across larger populations, but you could, you could potentially, again, be setting people up for that um, long hauler neurodegenerative um, pathway. And through through a mechanism that we're still just inching towards it, right? gut gut brain axis is a relatively new domain right now. I mean, there are people that have always talked about it, but in in terms of the academic literature, it's um, it's only within yeah. the sort of last, I would say, five ten years that it's really five is being generous 10 is very generous um but yeah the um mdpi is a low quality journal and most phds know it <laughs> <laughs> it's just troll <laughs> oh fucking hilarious bro I, I can I can tell you as a subject matter expert published in the field an internationally recognized case that as a hypothesis they do a fine job of outlining it has my uh, it has my seal of approval all right moving on yeah so nuclear translocation of spike mRNA protein is a novel feature of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein and this is a function again of uh that patent, dude. <laughs> that patent for that Moderna patent. Um, oh. th that's the. Children again. Yeah, the nuclear nuclear localizational signal is the PRRARSV sequence, and um, other SARS viruses don't do it. Only this one. <laughs> I wonder how. There, I really think there should be an investigation done. You, you would think so, right? Because imagine how carcinogenic that could be. Just, someone should really look into this. Yeah. I <laughs> think so, right? Here, Case, I'll put the link for you so you can read it at your own leisure. 
Um, I want to try and rattle through these. Okay, what did we have next? Um, yes, so, you know, one of the objections I get when I talk about um, pre-energic mechanisms is that you have to understand that these are not just the canonical prion proteins that were described by Prosner back in the 80s. What we've come to understand is, is that other peptides have the same properties. And we think that the same mechanism is occurring in um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lewy body dementia. Um, the list goes on and on for, you know, for however, it's <laughs> literally <laughs> hundreds of proteinopathies that um, you could wave a shitty stick at. But um, here, uh, Case, this one, this one's in science. Is this one good enough for you? It's the, it's the DOI number for you. <laughs> Did you feel an earthquake in Japan? No, no. Um, I felt the big one when I was here. <laughs> that was fucking intense. That was like 7.8 where I was, bro. On the on the Richter scale. And man, I never experienced anything like that. I, I, all, I, all I can sort of ascribe it to is just like imagine suddenly at the flick of a switch your whole world turns into like a roller coaster ride that you weren't expecting a very bumpy um roller coaster ride and but if there was an earthquake in japan just now no i i, I nearly felt a uh uh twitch so anyway so like i say the idea of propagons okay Peptides, peptide fragments acting as the causative agent in neurodegenerative disorders is essentially canonical now in the neurosciences case. Okay? It's not stuff pulling out of my ass, okay? This is something that's been spoken about for a long, long time. Move on. So yeah, this is this is the one that they ran away from um, very very quickly, and I do, I do love this um, paper. Um, hey there, awesome. dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to reading it. Uh, I'm, I'm muted. Uh, I, I just, you you were quiet for a while. You, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, unlike yeah, you, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was um there was one point that kind of came across my mind as it as it relates to prions right mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of people don't have a concept of disease uh being caused or existing outside of like a bacteria or mm -hmm. a virus entering the cell yeah yeah it's it's a huge um conceptual leap that people have to make and it's it just it doesn't yeah i, I wish so, it wasn't so but it's that's the so what they what they have to understand is that it's not about either the RNA or the bacteria getting in the cell. It's about the parts of the virus or the bacteria that are interacting with the body via various receptors that are then causing the body to do certain things, mm. right? Regardless of where that is on any organism, doesn't even that have to be is, receptors, bro. That's that's the thing with. Um, well, I, I know, but but I think in conceptually for people to understand, mm. right? Go it, on. It, 
it, it, I mean, it really does work that way, you know. And in, and in this case, the most pathogenic part of the virus never does enter the cell. It is a prion. S1 is a prion. It causes long COVID. Right? It is a no, it is a it is um, a non-nucleic, proteinaceous, infective article. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you. And um, it, in my mind, spike, spike, spike. It doesn't matter where you get it from per se. Um, you know, I'm I'm sort of of the opinion better better to have God's immune barriers in place than Pfizer's. Snuck, be, snuck behind them, right? <laughs> Wreaking havoc. It makes no sense, man. Innate, innate immune suppression is seeing like you're talking about half after the first series, mm. and then half every booster after that. Like, where in human history is the concentration of CD8 cytotoxic T cells within the blood considered immunity? Like, just that idea itself is a mind fuck. So everyone has to have a certain level of, you know, active antibodies of this specific virus, which is no longer a natural circulation, mm. mind you, mm. right, in their blood in order to be considered or qualified as vaccinated, even they may, even though they may have gotten it naturally once or twice before. Yeah. You know? I agree with you. And... <laughs> It is what it is. But anyway, Case, looking at that, <laughs> there on that screen is someone that's been injected with Pfizer and they're showing an amyloidogenic, on pet, amyloidogenic signal on PET imaging. Okay, so we have in vitro and in vivo evidence. And until someone demonstrates that this isn't the case and negates this study, um we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go with what's extant in the literature, I'm afraid. And uh Learning Org says, Case Fair, you are not willing to have a discussion with these two gentlemen for a particular reason. Uh yeah, he's it's, he's scared to come on here because he knows that he'll get schooled and he would rather maintain the confirmation biases that he's in, inculcated in himself through that little group and listening to cardboard PhDs like Copeland and um, let's see, Bob Rush Wilson. So, but at least is he? At least he's here. At least. Uh, he's yeah, here. yeah, yeah, um, so I, I, I should be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should be uh, more forgiving. Yeah. You know, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. It's just what they've been programmed to do. And now they're being exposed to things which they say is not supposed to be true, but is. And they're trying to reconcile that cognitive dissonance within their own minds. Mm. May they forever be open to what is true, regardless of whatever truth has been programmed to be accepted. Mm. Amen. Bismillah. I agree. Mm -hmm. All right. So what did I have next? Yes. So this is a very, very important paper, which shows that um, we see a targeting of um, the midbrain uh, dopaminergic neurons um, in this particular instance. Um, 
I want to point case towards this study, which I think is of critical importance right now. So case, what we're seeing potentially is the indicators of the emergence of a Parkinsonism at a population level. So what you're looking at on the screen is a study that's looking at step counts prior to the pandemic breaking out and then post pandemic. And those step counts have not recovered. And this is when I'm making a monkey Parkinsonian, this is it's the first indicator that you see that you're starting to um, induce the model. And again, we don't know how much, we don't know what the interactions are down at this prion level when we've gone and gene transfected people with these well, resistive to degradation RNA sequences. And you've just gene transfected them and shot them around the body. And we see that they have an amyloidogenic signal on PET imaging. This is, this is um, we could potentially be in a very, very bad spot. How do I join you by phone? Um, please send me an email and I will send you a Zoom link. Give me an email link. Type an email link in the chat and I will send you a Zoom, or you can join the Discord. Or Twitter, if he has your Twitter. Um, yeah, I want to I bring him in to be able to have a discussion with us both. So, um, uh, do, 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 do. Let's see, I'm just... Um, but being vaccinated minimize the risk of COVID-19 infection. Now, so again, this is where you're, um, you're confusing the fact that because you're able to function, right? It's so we know that it's a non-sterilizing vaccine and vaccinated have just as higher levels of um, virus as uh, the, the sick do. And in fact, are going around <laughs> shedding, shedding active virus on, onto people. And you've got to, um, you, you can't ignore that data point, especially when looking at this level of pathophysiology. Um, KF can't concede on that point, though. Can't vaccines protect against COVID and also have unknown long side effects? Um, I've, I would say that there's evidence that they act as a gene transfected palliative i wouldn't say i wouldn't call it a vaccine because that again you're warping the language that we have so they've basically rolled out a gene transfected gene transfection the equivalent of a pharmaceutical so um Antibody dependent enhancement does not occur after mRNA vaccination because breakthroughs typically result in milder symptoms. Um, well, no. that could be open for debate, but case fair, I'm just waiting for you to drop a, some way to contact you on Twitter. You can DM me on Twitter and I'll send you the Zoom link, right? Maybe yep. he's done that already. 
on the vaccination point, you know, you can't you can't call these vaccines because they say that they have waning immunity, right? So in order to have a vaccine, it's supposed to have active immunity. They're talking about this thing only being active, you know, six months at best, and they say like after the second or third booster. So you're talking about two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. There's a effectiveness um, for the uh, for the vaccines. What's my handle at Ness Commander? DM me. Um, whilst I've whilst I've still got some energy left, I've been doing this for. Feels like done out there a cow face kick. <laughs> at Ness Commander, send me a DM, and I will send you a Zoom link. And then you can then you can join the conversation, and um, we can sort of address. Uh, the questions and um, go through them uh, one by one. Um, in the meantime, whilst I'm waiting for that to happen, what I'll do is, um, yeah, here's a paper on just uh, prion-like mechanisms in Parkinson's disease. Uh, again, um, your right. oh, I can hear something. Your embryo. Well, I was, I was about to say that, you know, from an antibody-dependent enhancement standpoint, I, I just, I wonder where the whole class-switching thing, you know, really mm -hmm. comes into play. In that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another thing uh, yeah. that we just didn't even get to, right, which is the um, switch from IG2 to IG4, which essentially will just mean more viremia over the longer term. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, you know... The, that wasn't on the uh, advertisement when they put it out. No. Another thing which uh, they find uh, for uh, S1 infected monocytes is uh, cytokinemia. Hey, how about that one? <laughs> Sorry, say that one again. I missed that. Uh, uh, cytokinemia. And it's the persistence of cytokines. Right? Uh, so interleukin 10, interleukin 6. Like and they can and they become endocrine and when they get out of hands it's basically like a localized cytokine storm right and in, and uh interleukins when they get into the bloodstream they are prion they're prionergic <laughs> they're they're cascading down into some other type of pathology which is not supposed to be there and it's and they're they're not nucleic right so, mm -hmm. But they act as hormones, you know, and I was talking to uh, uh, Dr. Thorpe, Jim Thorpe, he, he's the LBGYN, and he's like, you know, we see something in this axis, you know, and we're trying to find the hormone. And I'm like, cytokines are endocrine. They are hormones, you mm -hmm. know, but he, he's so tied into the gynecological state that mm -hmm. immunology it doesn't kind of like fit into his paradigm. But I think he's starting to come around to that. Interesting. Pretty cool. I, I'd, yeah. I'd like to speak to him. Um, just to hear his clinical experience. Um, hang on, I'm just telling. Uh, I think he can't take uh, DMs. Um, yeah, I got to just give another shout out to Dr. Bruce Pratison on that. You know, he, I, I I always con I consider him the world expert on cytokines and chemokines. They are the I, I call them the the, the immunotransmitters. <laughs> they're immunotransmitters, like neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. but they're but they're immunotransmitters. They're they're chemicals released and interacted uh, within the immune system that cascade down into di different things, you know, to to changing a CD4 into a CD8. 
Like that's all regulated by by cytokines and chemokines, interleukins, right? Interferons, all that stuff. Karmadoc says interleukin six is a bitch. Yes, mm. it is. That's why you got to take low dose naltrexone in order to keep it down. For those looking for ways in order to do that, that's what Dr. Mobit Sayez says. Low dose naltrexone to help I'm control IL. Yeah, I can see that, big boy. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Can I wave at the camera? Okay. Yes, you can. You can wave oh, at the camera. Hey, hey. <laughs> Much mushy. No, you can't leave me, bro. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So let's. Uh, I, I'm going to run out of uh, articles of um, to be discussing, but this one was important paper. So this is recent risk assessment of retinal vascular occlusion after COVID-19 vaccination. Now I'm going to go through the trouble of reading this abstract because it's important one case fair because this shows that there's these long-term effects that were unpredicted and if you're seeing retinal occlusion you see it, that's happening all over the brain the eye is the window into the brain so coronavirus vaccines were associated with several ocular manifestations. Emerging evidence has been reported. However, the causality between the two is debatable. We're going to investigate the risk of retinal vascular occlusion after COVID-19 vaccination. This retrospective cohort study used the TriNetX global network and included individuals vaccinated with COVID-19 vaccines between January 2020 and December 2022. We excluded individuals with a history of retinal vascular occlusion or those who used any... Oh, hang on, I've got a DM, so maybe he can... Chuck, where are you at? No, it's not, uh, it's not him. <laughs> All right, so... Um, so they rejected anyone who had vascular occlusion, uh, those who used any systemic medication that could potentially affect blood coagulation prior to vaccination. To compare the risk of vet retinal vascular occlusion, we employed multivariable adjust, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she did some stats, nice. Individuals with COVID-19 vaccination had a higher risk of all forms of retinal vascular occlusion in two years after vaccination, with an overall hazard ratio of 2.19. Now, Hazard ratios go. That's a bad one, bro. <laughs> that ain't like 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> this is uh, 100% increase in your, in your chance of getting <laughs> retinal occlusion. The cumulative incidence of retinal vascular occlusion was significantly higher in vaccinated cohort compared to the unvaccinated cohort two years and 12 weeks after vaccination. The risk of retinal vascular, I don't have to read it anyway, but it's, it's a large multi-center trial, etc. And there we go. That is, these are the fingerprints of the um, types of disorders that I was talking about in that um, spaces. So... Uh, let's see. Carbadoc says bingo. And who else told you that, Kev? You did come. You did. Big heart for you. Um, let me just check the chat. I don't see case coming on at all. So, is this DS DNA mechanism? Um, I think this is likely down to the accumulation of these amyloidogenic microclots that are just not breaking down 
if I had to point at anything. I don't know about if you have a take on that, bro. You gone? We lost you. Never mind. All right, I'll move on. But anyway, this, I'll put this um, article in the chat for Case Fair. Um, so, and, and again, <laughs> critically, if, if the blood vessels of the retina are essentially suffering coagulopathy, that's happening all through your brain, okay? Um, is that, uh, no, that's not the same article. Just by Buddha Man. Um, all right, so that's yeah, more pre unlike phenomenon. I don't know, it's just like more of the same. Um, yeah, so th this sort of gets into the IG4. Um, disease state and so this was a study um, done out of Japan effect of SARS-CoV-2 Pfizer vaccine on thyroid autoimmunity 12-month follow-up study and they found significant increase in uh, thyroid disorder and I, I would say this is consistent with IG4 disease um, and I think that was pretty much, um, maybe you sent me this paper, dude, but I, I, I think, I think I'm about tapped out. I don't see uh, case fair coming up. Maybe you'll come up in the next stream that we do. Like I say, I'm here to go through this data for people to help you understand it. Okay. To make you understand that there are these surreptitious disease mechanisms at play and this study this nature paper i want to see what but man actually put because usually puts really really good papers uh, am i muted not as far as i can tell but maybe discord has crashed dude it just says that no my mic's responding but um i don't i don't hear you but yeah just try calling in again yeah restart bro um, I'm, I, I'm about to finish up anyway, so, um, can I have Discord link? Please go to mccandojo.com. Uh, the Discord link is there and you can join us, um, at your leisure. Uh, someone will let you in, uh, if you follow the instructions and I don't hear you, bro. I can see you've come up on the screen, but your, your mic is not activating. So, and I, I haven't done anything my end, so, um... Hello? Oh, now we got you. All right. Oh, um, I think it's my, I think it's my port. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think I was about to wrap up. Um, I didn't really... Well, there, there was this study, right, that you sent me. Hello? Can you hear me? Yo, can you hear me? Damn. I, I can hear you, bro. Well, I did for a second. Hello, hello? Yo. Yeah, got you. All right, cheers. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm about to wrap up, but maybe we can... Because um, you sent me this paper. Direct cryo ET observation of platelet deformation induced by SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. Now, 
maybe you can get into that. So I, I don't know if you were listening, but I, I talked about I the, the retinopathy um, yep. and the fact that, uh, or vascular occlusion, sorry. Um, and this, this gets into the mechanisms of uh, the coagulopathy that we're seeing in response to the spike protein. This is the work of Pistorius, et cetera. Um, yep. who, who first brought it? But this this is an interesting manuscript. So um, why don't you give people the the download? Okay, uh, we're trying direct cryo ET observation plate deformation. Um, this yes. is uh, I need to bring that one up for myself <laughs> so that I can kind of. Um, where did where did I put the paper? I know you see. I, I can see I can I can send you the link. <laughs> Please. <laughs> There you go. I know I have it quick, but uh, thanks. Yeah, it's the thing with the internet, man. Like, like these sort of discussions, you gotta have papers like bang, bang, bang on like fucking quick draw. Yep. And I mean, I'm glad I sent this to you earlier. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just asking people, look, just, just send me text, right? Because I'll read it and I'll know that. Because the thing is, my fucking reference list is fucking thousands of pages, uh, papers, right? Yep. And well, I, I, you know, I screwed up in that. Um, Before we get into this, I, I kind of wanted to touch on um, exosomes and mitochondria. Mm, mm. You know, because one of the things that we see when uh, spike intrusion gets in the cell is, is complete mitochondrial dysfunction, degradation. Mm. Like it, it's shut down, right? Mm. Uh, you have uh, twice as many. Um, RNAs, you have half as much DNA, and you have half as much saccharide at the end. So I the mitochondria shuts down. I did have the mitochondria paper. Yeah, you showed it earlier. Yeah, the mitochondrial dynamics in SARS-CoV-2 spike print. So th this is the paper that you were you're citing right yep. now. Okay. Yep. Uh, and you know, one of the things that happens is that after that mitochondria breaks down and the cell dies, reaches apoptosis that mitochondria then gets recycled and it gets put in right so it's kind of like you're putting dysfunctional parts back into living cells right mm -hmm. so then you have kind of like this weird kind of mitochondrial disease and dysfunction which persists in other cells around it if you really want to talk about you know exosomal transmission and, and um, another dynamic that i don't think as, many as important as that is dude um ten dollar <laughs> dono I'm gonna unleash the Saddam drip for that one. Just bear yeah. with me. <laughs> and uh, thank you to Zzz for that. Um, yeah, carry, carry on. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> Good times, good times. So if I mean, if anybody was looking for the coup de, coup de gras, like what I was saying, receptors, you know, how are you touching me? How are you feeling me, papi? You know, how do you make me feel, you know, on the inside? It's not what you look like, you know, <laughs> it's what you do and how you make me feel. Uh, so, <laughs> you're creeping me out, bro. <laughs> You know, since some people like uh, communicate more emotionally, we can't always be all completely scientific here. <laughs> so we gotta reach out, give a little something to the audience. <laughs> I'll, I'll plug my ears. 
<laughs> you know, in, in the same sense that we have uh, ACE2 binding on RBD when uh, w when it's in an up position, and we have alpha seven, bi alpha 7 binding when RBD is in a closed position, mm. on the opposite end of the S1 subunit, we have uh, binding uh, to that AVB3 integrin. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's really what this paper found. Uh, Rezia Pretorius and her work uh, noticed the amyloid, like the fibrinogenic response. She noticed the hyperactivation of the platelets. She noticed that as the fibrins fanned out that it wrapped red blood cells, white blood cells, basically anything around it and was resistant to trypsinization, you know, meaning dissolving. Then you have all those microclots which then cascade down. Right. So Indeed. what's the mechanism? Uh, smashing on lanes, though, has just come up with a rather fantastic idea that I should do a video of Latin American strongmen. Yes. Uh, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it yeah. <laughs> to, to, to counter your uh, touchy feely. <laughs> I'm sure they don't talk like that. No, not at all. So, <laughs> so just to kind of uh, take them through, I know I kind of already gave the punchline on here. You know, SARS-CoV-2 novel coronavirus responsible, high pathogenicity due to the spike protein contacting host, ho contacting host cell receptors. Critical hallmark is the occurrence of coagulopathies. Here we report the direct observation of the interactions between the S protein and platelets. Live imaging shows that the S protein alone, S protein triggers platelets to deform dynamically, in some cases leading to their irreversible activation. Cellular cryo-electron tomography reveals dense decorations of the S-protein on platelet surface inducing phylopodia formation. Hmm. Mm. Hypothesizing the S-protein binds to phylopodia inducing integrin receptors. We tested the binding of RGD motif recognizing platelet integrins and find that the S-protein recognizes integrin alpha V beta 3. Mm. Our results infer that the stochastic activation platelets is due to weak interaction of S-protein with integrin which can attribute to the pathogenesis of COVID-19 and the occurrence of rare but severe coagulopathies. Mm. Oh, chronic so, ones, like uh, <laughs> retinal ones that they've just reported. Yep. <laughs> the hazard ratio of 2.1, whatever it was. They took pictures. You can see what they found. Anyone who doesn't, I, I like pictures. Yeah, yeah, you can see, you know, it's beautiful study. Uh, but, quite. Um, and then the other note on this, uh, which I took away from, was that this same receptor, because we're talking about platelets here, uh, but this same uh, receptor is what triggers phagocytosis as well in um, in your innate immune system. Mm, interesting. Macrophages and monocytes. Yeah, so I, I wonder if that's the sort of um, step-through mechanism for this long uh, persistence in the monocytes. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe inside what um, what uh, Bruce Patterson says is that uh, when the non-classical monocytes bind to fractal kind, uh, which line the endothelial wall, so they're all along it. 
that it causes endotheliitis, <laughs> which then can probably cascade down in myocarditis and all your other itises. It's just inflammation. Mm. Uh, he said it's a vasodilation and, and angiogenesis. Uh, he says that um, these cells, which you know last what two days, three days, a week tops, that they have like a like a senescence program, mm. and then when they bind, it like resets their apoptosis clock. So this thing, which might have a half-life of four days, you know, it reaches day three, binds the fractalkine, it's back on day one. Interesting. And that's why he um, recommended and was using Maraviroc, CCR5 antagonist, to interrupt that pathway. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a drug that Richard um, has pointed out as well. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I can't speak to that, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. The link up there. Mm -hmm. um, hi, dude. I think I'm about bust. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> for those that were listening to the space, they're um, they're not giving you the appropriate level of science. If you want to get that, come here. Um, you can come on stream. Well, I'll happily walk you through it. Doc Heck's very generous with his time as well and um you know he's a he's a subject matter expert in the spike protein now i refer to him that's <laughs> 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 everything site <laughs> doc keck <laughs> oh man that's awesome all right bro yeah, cheers. i'll let you go cheers. and uh, thank you i know it must be late with you so um take it easy my man you as well many blessings yeah same all right, folks, that's me out of here. That's uh, Mutton Spanked. And, um, yeah, they had to swallow the pre-on pill today. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm out of here. Um, uh, take care. God bless. I will see you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers! I will fucking kill each fucking capper! I swear! <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these cappers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or MRA drugs in my fucking blood blood! Never! I will fucking die! Fighting for my fucking and my fucking and my fucking motherfuckers. All that fire.